0: okay good evening everybody welcome to another edition of complete sports media's podcast i'm your host darren campbell and coming to you on a monday here oh my god valentine's day super sunday boxing day and uh two days removed from ufc 271 uh trade deadline was this past week nba all-star game this week uh tons to break down and as always, our, our favorite guy of the week coming in on a Monday, Jason Cameron. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Uh, ah, it's, it's going great. It's going good. I, I I seem to have missed you at work today. <laughs> a lucky guy that you are. Had yeah. the day off. Well, it must have been nice. That was really nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I recommend taking the day after Super Bowl off. Uh, it's uh, highly recommended. And uh sure was nice uh, I actually didn't get out of bed till 1 30 today so I feel super refreshed um, a lot more refreshed than most mondays usually I'm dragging it by about this time and after a full day of work but uh feel feel so chipper and great uh, I'm ready to go uh, that that's good I'm
1: glad one of us feels like that, that that's fantastic that's great great uh, how how was it today was it uh very strenuous or not bad ah, it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad at all. Uh, apart from the morning was a little, a little bit wet, but it, it could have been a lot worse. Uh The rain let up eventually. So it was, yeah, it
0: was bad. Nice. Nice. Uh How'd you celebrate Valentine's Day? What? Was that? All right. Valentine's Day?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know nothing about that. Okay. You usually need, like, what's that thing called? A significant other. Oh, right, really enjoy valentine's day so okay what i do instead for valentine's day is cry a little bit (laughs) chocolates a lot so yeah it's it's great
0: okay (laughs) all right um i'll move on i had a good valentine's (laughs) day uh really good but uh yeah i guess uh the single people out there not not as significant of a day so uh um Great to see you on Saturday night, glad we got together to watch the UFC, uh, another great card, uh, some really fun things to break down, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun that night. Oh yeah, it was it was a great time, it was a good amount of fun. You got to meet um, one of my friends,
1: <laughs> so and we'll just leave it at that, but yes man, it was a, it was a good night of fun.
0: Yeah, no, we had a fun time, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to breaking that down, but uh, we definitely should start with the Super Bowl. uh, An unprecedented year. Uh, More players played in the NFL this year. Longest season ever. Regular season 17 games and an absolutely phenomenal playoffs. I actually think that this playoff run was the greatest playoff run in the history of sports, no matter what sport. I think there was competitive games week after week after week through this playoffs that uh, it just can go down really as the greatest uh, playoff season ever.
1: I have to ultimately concur. I definitely agree with you 100%. Um, I like if you if you were to add up the point total between all the playoff games by how much was one like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't by much. Yeah. Like, literally, I think I want to say every game was decided by three points except for one that went into overtime, which was decided by six, which was the bills Chiefs game, which was possibly the greatest playoff game I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
1: that's what these playoffs were. And all I wanted to see, all I was truly hoping for was that the Super Bowl lived up to what that was, yeah. the culmination of it all, and it did. Yeah, For the most part, it
0: did. Yeah, it was was good. It wasn't um, a shootout uh, like some of the games we've watched. Um, It wasn't that the game where the last team that had the ball on offense won, but uh, really nice and close, uh, a really amazing drive. The the Rams are down by four. They had a 15-play drive that drove all the way down the field, uh, ate up a lot of clocks, scored the uh, go-ahead touchdown with a minute and 25 left. Uh, you thought when uh, I thought when Joe Burrow had that ball in his hand, he was going to be able to at least get them into field goal range. They were going to probably put it into OT uh, or, or score a touchdown. Uh, we had seen so many games where that last team that got the ball marched it down and got the points they needed. Uh, but Aaron Donald is a different animal, best player in the, in the world right now, probably offense and defense, best player in the world. And he asserted his dominance. Uh, came in and uh, was able to disrupt them and, and force uh, yeah, them to uh, crap out on fourth down and uh, hand the victory to the hometown Rams. It was uh, an amazing display by Aaron Donald. He deserves MVP of the league, of the playoffs, of the Super Bowl, <laughs> of everything. The guy is just incredible. He's an absolute monster. He's a monster. And he
1: showed his dominance. In the the final two plays for the Bengals to cement the Rams' win. He showed that. How about this? I would say they're two superstars. They're two superstars for the defense and the offense. Showed their dominance. Yeah. Showed why they're the best. Especially, I'm just going to go back here for Cooper Cup. Everybody knew the ball was going to him because Beckham was out. He had no Robin. He just was Batman out there. And that's it. Yeah, And you know what they did to try to slow him down? Well, they held him. Penalty. Penalty. That was literally the only way they could stop that guy. And yeah. when they
0: didn't hold him, he caught a touchdown. Yeah. Well, why weren't they double or triple teaming him? Because there was nobody else that was going to hurt them. What What happened there? Why That defensive coach should be standing in front of the podium, talking to the media and explaining how the hell – he couldn't double or triple team that guy because they they're lo- they're missing Odell, they're missing their top tight end, they don't have any running game. There was nobody else getting the ball but cup. And and they don't double or triple team him. I don't understand how you could mess that up.
1: The the logic there, yeah, I don't understand the logic either because and also too, let's not forget Robert Woods, who also wasn't yeah. there or, or yeah. part of the thing.
0: They're, 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 awesome.
1: yeah, the Rams offense. So if you look at it and you go, well, it's that guy who's had literally the greatest receiving season we've ever seen. But you that. know what? We're just going to single coverage. Von Bell's got him. <laughs> and not to say that Von Bell didn't do a great job, he did for the most part. Yeah. But on the plays where they needed to stop, Cooper Cup came through. And those plays, those particular plays should have been doubled, triple teamed. Yeah. Let somebody else beat you. Let somebody else beat you. Before you go on, yeah. I just wanted to say this one other stat for Cooper Cut, who I thought was very deserving of the of the MVP. Yeah. I thought he was very deserving. Eight receptions, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Awesome. But here's his stats for the full season, including postseason. Bring it on. Perfect. 21 games. 178 catches, 2,425 yards, 22 touchdowns.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was hoping he would step up and say, "Hey, Aaron Rodgers, stick your MVP up your... <laughs> you know what? And I've got the MVP that really means something. I'm the Super Bowl MVP." Uh, yeah. Of course, he's not going to say something like that, but I was praying. I was hoping. Uh, you can always dream, but uh, yeah. that, to me, the Super Bowl MVP means a heck of a lot more than the regular season MVP. Well, yeah, because
1: that's the most important game. That's for all the marbles. That's for what you're there for. That's why you go to the NFL is to win one of those.
0: He got robbed. He-, he got robbed on the MVP of the regular season. He deserved yes. it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers oh. had a great year, definitely, but Cooper Cup was the most dominant player in the league on offense and he deserved it. I thought he got robbed. He got this AP offensive player of the year. Great, great, great. But everybody always talks about MVP and he deserved it. Uh, it, It's become a quarterback award. They should just call it a quarterback award. They should have a top receiver top, this guy, top defensive player, but uh, you know, I'm glad that he got his just due and uh, you know, showed his dominance and, and he's the guy all year, all of those 21 games, everybody knew he was the guy. And he still got 8, 10, 12 catches a game, one or two touchdowns. He got 14 games with a touchdown and over 90 yards receiving. And every game, everybody knew the ball was going to him. And he would still find those open holes. He would still be able to make those catches. The guy is absolutely phenomenal. Best year. Jerry Rice was the GOAT before him and will still be, but... This was the greatest season by a receiver in NFL history. So with that being said, what more could he have done? <laughs>
1: like, yeah. There's nothing more you can do. How could you not win? Be even considering the conversation for the MVP. If you've done everything possible, you've done literally everything in your control To do the best, to be the best, to do everything. Like there, there's nothing more that Cooper Cup could have done to cement his run to the uh, to for to be MVP of the league. There's just nothing more he could have done. Nothing, nothing at all. Exactly,
0: absolutely nothing more. I don't don't know know if he caught it. Yeah, and and just yeah, what a great year. Uh, For some reason, uh, he doesn't um, take his kid to the barber shop. Uh, I don't know what that was all about. Did you see his? Did you see his son? He had, he, did you see his son after the game? They brought him onto the panel and he was sitting there with him? Uh, I, I, I think I might've missed
1: that. I think I might've missed that. No, I, like I saw about this. I saw a Twitter feed of his son, um, but his, his, his hair looked like very disheveled.
0: I guess y'all wanted
1: to say? Do I
0: want to yeah. say that? I, yeah, I want to say that. Way too long. Way 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 too long. He looked like a girl. Uh I think everybody that would have looked at him would have thought, "Oh, his little daughter." But <laughs> but anyway, that's the only thing I could say. Uh not up to par. Uh incredible year. Uh he's the fourth receiver to uh win the triple crown for yards, touchdowns, and and um catches over the over the season since uh uh, 2000, no, since 1970, sorry. And he's the only guy to go on and win that Super Bowl in that year. We've got Jerry Rice doing that in 1990, Sterling Sharp in '92, and Steve Smith in 2009. Uh, but this is the first time he's a guy's been able to win that triple crown and cap it off with a Super Bowl. And um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be this will go down as one of the most historic uh, seasons any football player has ever had, and. And, uh, yeah, I hope he can keep it up because, man, he's a joy to watch. He's able to just find those holes. And even when he's covered, you think he got him covered, he can just get that ball and and wrestle it away from you and score those touchdowns. Um, Yeah, those numbers that you read off, that's just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Well, they're just insane. It's
1: just complete insanity. Like, Like I said before, there's not much more a man can do to try to prove his case to be MVP of the league because yeah. like, like if that's not good enough and you're on the offensive side of the ball and you're not a quarterback, then guess what? Nothing is. Yeah. Nothing will ever be good enough.
0: Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> uh, but Aaron Donald, uh, another guy that just had a, an amazing Super Bowl, an incredible year, uh, you know, anchoring that Rams defense. Um, I think if I was in charge of the Bengals today, I would go to the offensive line and uh, buy him a plane ticket to Cabo San Lucas to Europe, somewhere else, uh, fire the whole offensive line. Sorry, guys, you blew it. Uh, seven sacks, 11 uh, quarterback hits and eight tackles for loss. Um you know they were overmatched, obviously, with Von Miller, uh, Floyd. We've we've got Donald, all those guys, but but man, did they ever get lit up? Bad. They were horrible, and they've been horrible all year. Joe Burrow. Uh, it's amazing that he's in one piece after the season that he's took all this abuse. Yeah, and it almost
1: looked like he almost got knocked out of the game when he was he went down with from that one sack, clutching his knee. Didn't look good. Didn't look good there for a second, man, at all. So I'm guessing in the offseason, just a guess, that the Bengals might want to invest in, I don't know, an offensive line. They might want to get an offensive line for that guy because he was still able to do that with a porous offensive line. I wonder what he could be able to do if he actually has an offensive line.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly, yeah uh he becomes the third most sacked quarterback in nfl history uh regular season and playoffs combined uh david carr has the distinction of getting sacked the most times ever in 2002 with houston he got sacked 76 times in 2005 he got sacked 68 times so uh houston obviously didn't have an offensive line then and either uh randall cunningham Uh, is number two with 72 sacks and 86 with Philly. Joe Burrow, 70 sacks this year. And that's not counting hits. That's not counting tackled for losses. That's not counting a bunch of stuff. And Burrow, you know, this is a guy that they've, uh, basically he's come in and really salvaged this franchise. And I'm amazed that they didn't make any deals through the year. They didn't try to get the guys to bolster that line, and he still took them to the Super Bowl and almost to a victory. Uh, but supposedly they have fifty-three or $57 million in salary cap space, which is a hell of a lot of money these days. They should be able to get some good guys in there to save your franchise and save this guy's life because uh, if he takes that much abuse uh, next year, the year after, uh, he's going to have a pretty short career
1: yeah yeah they'll 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 Andrew him pretty much if they don't give him an offensive line and nobody wants to see that I'd like to see the man keep playing because he's one hell of a quarterback and he was able to get them to the Super Bowl being the third most sacked quarterback ever so
0: yeah give him an offensive line give him a chance man give him a chance so if you had to have a choice to pick uh, who to blame for this loss from the Bengals, are you, uh, who are you putting the most blame on? Is it the offensive line? Is it the defensive coach that wouldn't put uh, double team on Cooper cup? Or is it the offensive coach that wouldn't double team Aaron Donald?
1: Offensive line. I'm sorry. I'm going to put it on the offensive line you take away those seven sacks and you give Joe Burrow more time to scan the field. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have a different outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. That's not
0: tragic. You know, unreal, eh? unreal that you could have that many weapons that much, uh, you know, they were able to go so far and, and to lose it because they wouldn't bolster that offensive line. Everybody knew it was horrible all year running for his life. And you you would have thought for sure they would have uh, addressed it and made sure that uh, you know they had the protection that he needed. Yeah, I I I I firmly
1: believe that you know like how about this? You've seen it with all the greats. Eventually, at some point, where they just have one heck of an offensive line. Look at Tom Brady, where it's just like I'm just clean at the end of the game, no dirt on me. That's what you want to see yeah. with your quarterback, yeah. just clean no dirt and you spend the money to make sure that that dude is going to be protected like like the brinks bank nothing's going to happen to him nothing can ever happen to him
0: i was really frustrated with those last two plays they had third and one they handed it to Samaj p ryan and he didn't get the yards that they needed then fourth down they were going to do a passing play i don't know where he was going to throw the ball to he didn't have time to get it out of his hands and and with uh, until Aaron Donald always was already on him. But uh, I don't know why they didn't turn to Nixon, Uh, Joe Mixon. You know, he had had a great game already. Um, You know, I think he would have been able to get that yard on third down or fourth down. Am I frozen? Am I frozen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you froze on me for, for a second. Please I was continue. just saying, why didn't they give the ball to Mixon on third or fourth down?
1: Nope. Okay, <laughs> try it again.
0: <laughs> why didn't they give the ball to Joe Mixon on third or fourth down? Those last plays were just dumb, 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 dumb. Yeah, they
1: they should have, third down, should have definitely given it to Mixon, not um, that dude. P. Ryan, P. Ryan yeah. whatever. P. Ryan, they shouldn't yeah. have even bothered with him. They should have yeah. given it to Mixon on third. And yeah, and I and I and I agree with you on that. They should have tried Mixon on fourth round, fourth down as well.
0: Yeah. oh uh, Okay, we're having uh super technical glitches. Let's uh let's just slow it down for a second. Let's hope uh everything will go good now. Are you yeah, okay. I, I'm not frozen. Are you frozen? You you seem good. I seem good. I think we're good. Are we good?
1: Um, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 good right now. You're good.
0: All right. Good. All right. Let's oh. hope let's keep so. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Not so not so good right
0: now. Yeah, I I wonder. Yeah, I I wonder yeah, what's I going on. Yeah, we got some technical difficulties. You you keep freezing a bit, and I think every time every time you freeze on my screen, I'm frozen on your screen, but. I think the um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think the audio is good, so we'll we'll continue we'll keep going. But um, okay, let's talk okay. about Matthew Stafford. I want to talk a little bit about okay. him. Um, he's okay. the third starting quarterback to win the Super Bowl in his first season coming over. Uh, they realized that after going to Super Bowl fifty three a few years ago that uh, uh, Jared Goff wasn't quite the guy they needed. Uh, made a big splash and went out and got Matthew Stafford first quarterback starting uh, first, no third starting quarterback to win the Super Bowl. his first season there, obviously last year with Tom Brady and the Bucs, Trent Dilfer did it uh, going over to the Ravens, but um, what a, what a great uh, accomplishment for him. Uh, He was able to, you know, leave 12 years of the lion's, Come over and have this great success, win four games, and 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 now he consider can call himself a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, exactly. And
1: uh, it's a long time coming for Mr. Stafford. Like, a, like a seriously, long, long time coming. Yeah. Because when you are in Detroit purgatory for over a decade, <laughs> yeah. anything is better. And, and as soon as he leaves, he wins a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I guess maybe that was his cherry on top. Because once he left, he goes, oh, my God, it's so much better on this side. Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah. And, and some of the throws that he made in that game were just money on point. Although I do want to say this again, going back to Cooper Cup, that first touchdown he scored, I remember looking at that play, going,
0: "Where, where's the defense? Is there? Where are they?" <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah was no, shocking, away. shocking to leave them open like that. Yeah, he, yeah, just stunning. I, I, I agree. I was shocked too, and yeah, it, it bothered me all day. Like, you know, I, I definitely wasn't really cheering for one team or the other. It would have been yeah. good to see the Bengals win, but I didn't. I didn't matter, but. But, yeah, I was mad when, you you know, you see this guy, the most prolific receiver, and he's wide open. He's, you know, single-covered, and even some of the coverage wasn't even there. So you're like, uh, well, you guys deserve to lose if you're not going to cover the number one guy. Oh, yeah, exactly. You,
1: you, you can't win games if that, that one superstar that's literally on an island unto himself now, if you don't bother covering him, well, he's not going to drop the ball unfortunately that, <laughs> yeah. that's not what he's going to do <laughs> uh
0: one once mm-hmm. one stat I saw today that uh, blew me away was uh, Matthew Stafford has 35 fourth quarter comebacks uh, since 2009 that's the most by any quarterback and he uh, regular season and playoffs combined and, and and he was in Detroit doing that uh, he came here and he got uh, you know some of those 35 were here in la but he was in Detroit and he did that. So, obviously, um, you know, that was very smart of the Rams to go all in and, and get him. They, they made a lot of amazing acquisitions that really helped. Um, obviously, Stafford, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey. They got Eric Weddle out of retirement. That was massive. Uh, Odell Beckham, though, uh, became, you know, he got that first touchdown he became their deep threat throughout this year. An amazing pickup for him, getting him out of another purgatory in Cleveland and bringing him over. I felt so sad for him though. Uh, having to, he blowed his ACL turret and uh, you know, we'll have some recovery, but uh, I was glad that he did get to show what he had with those couple catches early and the touchdown. He gets a ring and uh, you know, good for him. Uh, sad that he, uh, blew out his knee, but um, yeah, what do you think about Odell and everything that went on for him on Sunday? It
1: was unfortunate that he wasn't uh, able to finish the game. Yeah. Game that, uh, obviously, he put a lot of emphasis on, a lot of importance on, obviously, it being the Super Bowl, but at least he was able to contribute something, yeah. And that touchdown meant a lot for the Rams, obviously, going forward. Um, it just but when the injury happened, I knew, I knew he was done for the game.
0: Yeah. 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 Usually that non-contact as soon as they pull up and, Oh, it's it's either an Achilles or a knee and uh, they go down and in that much pain, you think, yeah, okay, he's done shoot. And, um, yeah. you know, he'll have a long recovery, but hopefully, uh, He'll be back next year, and uh, yeah, they can repair that knee. Uh, you know, back in the day, when a guy had a knee injury like that, uh, pretty much uh, done for the uh, done for his career. But luckily, they've come so far. A lot of guys can come back, bounce back from torn ACLs, and, and do fine. But a huge acquisition for them, and uh, you know, he really contributed huge to that uh, to that Super Bowl victory. Um, so there's a couple. There's been a lot of talk about possible retirement. Uh, Sean McVay was rumored to retire after this. Uh, why would he? Uh, you know, the youngest quarter, uh, youngest coach in the league, and uh, he's taken his team to two Super Bowls in the past uh, four seasons. And um, yeah, he's. It doesn't seem like a candidate to me that should retire. Not to me either, but.
1: Um, I, I think he's just kind of starting his family. And let's be honest, being a head coach of an NFL team takes a lot out of you. Sure. It's, it's a really, 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 really demanding job. Right. And so maybe he just wants to retire, quote unquote, step away for a bit and just calm it down for a yeah. set. Yeah, you know, we've
0: seen a lot. We've seen a lot of people retire and come out of retirement. So maybe that's uh, you know, what he does here. Maybe he steps away. Uh, yeah, it's an all encompassing, tough job. You know, it's pre- pretty much 24-7. Uh, you know, we think we put in a lot of hours at our job, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's nothing compared to what these guys have to do. And, and, you know, all the things that go on to be a coach. Uh, what about Aaron Donald? Eight seasons. Uh, some of the most dominating defensive player we've ever seen. We talked so much about him already, but uh, rumors that uh, that was his last game. That's a little bit more surprising. I, I
1: thought he would have a little bit more left in the tank, a little bit more to give. But what we don't know is just how his body actually feels. That guy has been in the trenches for eight years. That's got to be one of the toughest things toughest ways to play the game is being in those trenches for that long yeah so we don't know how his body feels and maybe he obviously has a better gauge on that than we do and maybe he's like I don't think my body's gonna hold up that well going forward anymore
0: yeah could be yeah yeah uh, it'll be interesting eric Weddle did say he's back retired and he's gone but um uh, the Rams look poised to, to, to repeat to be, uh, you know, one of those teams uh, in the mix for sure. Uh, uh, today they released the favorites that they think to win the Super Bowl next year and the Chiefs and the Bills are uh, co-favorites to win. Um, do you think it'll be one of those teams against the Rams coming up next year? Yeah, it could be. Unless we get another wild card and Sissy gets in there
1: again, or some other team, or San Diego Chargers, or one of these other AFC teams with a stud quarterback, you know. But I think um, it's a it's a fair bet to say the Bills or the Chiefs because they're they're clearly cream of the crop in the NFL, and they got two ridiculously good quarterbacks going forward for a very long time. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so this year the Rams went all in. I told you about all the guys that they acquired. Uh, they went to win on home turf in that $5 billion SoFi Stadium. Uh Tampa Bay did the same last year. They got Tom Brady, they just brought in Antonio Brown, they brought in all these guys. Gronkowski uh just solidified that they were able to finally, you know, get the first Super Bowl win on home field advantage. Uh do you remember where the Super Bowl is coming up in twenty early part of twenty twenty three?
1: No, I do not. I do. I do not know.
0: Where, okay. Where well, I will enlighten you. And today there was a lot of talk about a massive fight right now between their quarterback and the team. And there's talk about him saying, see you later and going somewhere else. This is the Arizona oh, Cardinals.
1: Arizona.
0: Kyler Murray yeah. it has scrubbed everything off his social media that has anything to do with Cardinals. And the Cardinals have called him a lot of names that usually goes to the point where he says, see you later. Uh, a team starts calling a, out a player and calling him names that they don't like. Usually that ends the relationship. Uh, Do we see Arizona, uh, if they can keep Kyler Murray there, do you think Arizona's going to go all in and try to be that third team to win a Super Bowl at home in a row? They could be,
1: but it would all be predicated on if they keep Kyler Murray or not. Kyler Murray leaves. It's not happening. Sorry, there goes your chances. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know. Obviously, there's been some friction between himself and uh, the team. But whatever friction is going on, why would you force a quarterback of that caliber out of your system, out of your organization?
0: That seems, I don't know, crazy to me. No. Yeah. Literally crazy. Yeah. Insane. I was shocked. I'm shocked at uh, them, you know, having a public spat like this. Uh, it's ridiculous. And uh, shocking that uh, they would, yeah, they would start airing their dirty laundry. Uh, really kind of a weird move for Kyler Murray to just remove all of Arizona's, um, you know, memorabilia from his Instagram page and all that. Uh, yeah, this, this could get ugly. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think that, that streak will be definitely done if uh, they, they force Kyler out of there and uh, don't, uh, don't bring him back. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. Um, Okay, a few other notes. Um, I I saw somebody today talk about the top five defensive players of all time. Uh, Can you give me your top five defensive players of all time? After Aaron Donald sort of entered that upper echelon is possibly in that top five for most people. Um, Do you have a list that kind of comes off the top of your head?
1: Oh, top of my head. Uh, okay. I would say Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, Ed Reed, um, Ray Lewis. I got a five. Ah, uh, fifth would be, uh, I th- I want to say Harrison for the Steelers. Linebacker. Rodney Harrison, yeah.
0: Okay. Harrison.
1: I'm going to go with that. Uh,
0: Aaron Donald's not in that top five yet oh oh
1: okay you know what take out Roddy Harrison Aaron Donald okay. there we go that's my top five which is pretty good yeah
0: uh, LT was LT was the first guy that I uh, I put on top um Reggie White was number two of your top two there as well uh, I thought Ray Lewis probably number three. And then I had uh, Mean Joe Green uh, pointed out again, four-time Super Bowl champion. The uh, the leader of that uh, Jack Lambert was one of those guys that led there. Uh, Mike Singletary, when he played with those Chicago yeah. Bears teams, was uh, that that yeah. team went down as one of the greatest defensive teams of all time, and he was the leader there. Um, yeah. And uh, Deion Sanders was mentioned today. Uh, I thought yep. a lot of people that's pretty uh, good. Yeah, put, put him up there. Uh, he was sort of one of those guys that sort of transcended the sport at the time. You really couldn't throw the ball on his side of the field unless you wanted to pick six going the other way. Uh, he was, uh, you know, absolutely <laughs> hey. ultimate. Uh, but kind of cool to think of all the guys that, uh, you know, were huge. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time is Junior Seyal. I think he had, uh, you know, about three, four years yeah. where he was just super dominant and one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, people are um, will mention some of those other Steelers like Rod Woodson. Uh, I like that you put Ed Reed Rod in there. Woodson. That was great. Uh, uh, Bruce Smith for those Buffalo Bills teams. Uh, kind of great, though, to, you know, see such an amazing defensive player have such a significant impact and suddenly we are actually starting to talk about the top defensive players of all time. It doesn't happen a lot. Uh, NFL seems to focus so much on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm glad those defensive guys are getting some of their, their due that they need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good to see them get some love. And especially when you talk about somebody of Aaron Donald's um, like, like just superstardom, like cause he is that good and he belongs in the talk of the greatest. He belongs right there with those guys right at the
0: top. Um so Bengals are still one of the top one of the 12 teams that have never won a Super Bowl. 12 out of 32 teams in the NFL have never won a Super Bowl. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Like imagine being uh, you know Fan of all these teams and never getting to actually see your team raise that trophy. Uh, Buffalo Bills kind of go down as the most heartbreak in a lot of ways because four times they've been there and they lost all four. Uh, Vikings, uh, another team that's been there a lot, never won. Uh, your team, the Falcons, never held that trophy, even though they're up 28 to 3. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks thanks for reminding me of that. (laughs) Right. Uh, Cleveland, sad team, always has been, always kind of will be. Uh, We've got the Titans, Jags, Cardinals. uh, We mentioned them a little earlier. Texans, Lions. Oh, Lions. Oh, my God. Uh, Panthers, Chargers, unfortunately, uh, are the other teams there. So, um, yeah, some of those teams are still going to wait many years (laughs) before they're going to Raise this trophy, but um, yeah, well, I think uh, you know you mentioned Chargers as a team on the rise. Cardinals, if they can pull this together, Bills are the odds-on favorite to win. Titans had a great year, top team in the AFC, so uh, maybe one of these streaks is coming to an end soon.
1: Yeah, maybe one, because like at least for those teams you just mentioned, they have hope. Yeah. For the other teams, no hope, none. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, halftime show. what do you think? Awesome, fantastic. As you know, that's my genre. That's my thing. I I, I love the fact that the old the old hip hop legends still getting it done, still showing up, yeah. and still just knocking it right out of the park. I do have to mention one thing. Their special guest, Fifty. Yeah. Fifty put on
0: some weight. Fifty <laughs> can live. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. I said that right away. Like, he's hanging upside down. And I said, Holy cow, he's gotten fat, I think. And yeah. my girlfriend says, No, he's just hanging upside down. I'm like, There's not that much blood that can make a guy that swollen up.
1: <laughs> he looks swollen. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I, especially once he came down from the ceiling, at first I was like, Is it 50?
0: Or is it somebody else? <laughs> impersonator. I sure. yeah, I, they I had, they sure. decided to get an impersonator in there. <laughs> I know. I wasn't man. Sure. Yeah. Wow. He has been not stepping away from the buffet table much. No, No. Hey, man. Hey, when you when you when he sold out of that
1: money and from vitamin water or whatever became literally a billionaire overnight.
0: Well, I guess steak and lobster for that guy forever. <laughs> yeah yeah, that was funny but but yeah the halftime show was really great i'm glad uh it's it's awesome when it's in a place like la and all the stars come out they had you know so many so many so many hollywood stars and athletes and great you know people in the media and uh but yeah like what a lineup what an incredible lineup for a halftime show and uh yeah they just kept coming Great old songs, yeah. It was it was a phenomenal halftime show, and uh, good on them to put it together. And great choreography, cool set, everything yeah. was just awesome with it. Uh, it was it
1: was it was it was totally L.A. and uh, they hit it out of the park for sure. And I wanted to mention uh, one thing for the beginning of uh, the whole Super Bowl, how it got started off, The Rock. Yeah, The Rock starts it all off yeah. in the good beginning. Job. That yeah. was awesome.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, I'm glad he's uh, he was uh, brought in to hype up the crowd and, and get it going like that. Uh, yeah, we hadn't really seen somebody do that. And he took the mic, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, he really, um, yeah, started off the game well.
1: He started off the game well. And uh, really, like, <laughs> sometimes I forget how big that dude is. He is so super jacked. It's not yeah. even funny, man. He yeah. just seems like, oh, he's
0: just decided to not take the field today
1: you know, like it's just like another
0: NFL player out there yeah he's he's massive guy yeah I worked closely with him and got to see him on a daily basis and yeah he's he has dedicated himself to his body and has become super super jacked he's he is larger than life that's for sure oh yeah he is and he he did a fantastic job he did his iconic
1: rock stuff and he he nailed it nailed it It really got the crowd into it got them all pumped up it was awesome and then throughout the course of the game there was twitter pictures and feeds from social media the one twitter feed that i like the most the picture i love the most was our resident canadian vancouverite ryan reynolds with his buddy will ferrell wearing bc
0: lions gear wow oh that's amazing Oh, that's super awesome! Cool. Oh, that's yeah. really neat. Yeah, good on them. Yeah, still uh, true to their Canadian roots. That's great.
1: Yes, it was. It was pretty cool to see.
0: And he and he was,
1: it, he had actually the best kind of lines gear with the, all the orange being the most prominent part of the jersey and stuff. And he was wearing a toque.
0: Wow! Football. Nice, <laughs> that's cool. That's neat. <laughs> Uh, Okay, as we as I said, off the top, uh, one of the greatest NFL seasons, if not the best ever. Uh, Great Super Bowl, great halftime show, all this stuff has has this playoffs and the Super Bowl and everything outshined the NFL's problems. Has it put those NFL problems on the back burner enough to just keep a really big shining light on the league? the problems
1: are going to still be there. The problems should be in due time addressed, I believe. But what the playoffs to me solidified was that it's still number one. Yeah. It's, still the, it's still the number one sports league. And especially when you have games of that magnitude over and over, well, over and over again, yeah. people are extremely entertained. Yeah. So with that being said, it, it, it kind of shifted attention away from it. But guess what?
0: Once the season starts again, attention will all come back. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden uh, addressed uh, yesterday about the uh, lack of blackhead coaches in the NFL. Um, he was uh, asked a lot of questions and he said, you know, that, that should be priority number one for them. Uh, there's been lots of talk about the, Ownership troubles in Washington, Dan Snyder under investigation for just having a horrifically bad organization, lots of harassment, lots of brutal things there. Um, you know, I personally hope Dan Snyder gets removed as a, an owner and uh, they move on from him. I, I don't think he's brought much good to this league at all. Uh, and then the owner Ross from the dolphins, Tyler Ross, uh, allegations of him bribing uh, attempting to bribe his coach to throw games uh so the nfl will obviously have to address these uh if there's any proof uh removing him as the owner um possibly removing two owners this off season uh that would be absolutely unprecedented and uh yeah a big seismic shift in the sports world if the league decides to go in that direction
1: big big shift um obviously going to be very 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 hard thing to do whenever you're talking about billionaires losing something they like yeah. hard thing to take away from them so um it's going to take a while it's going to take a while there's going to be numerous investigations but especially when it comes to Ted Snyder uh like you know if you got the FBI kind of going through your stuff right the FBI the way, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, Not good. you got some problems, yeah. man. You got
0: some real issues, yeah. that's a real problem. So, yeah, yeah, and Congress, uh, Washington Congress is involved now and they're doing investigation. And uh, John Gruden, I don't think, will be the only guide to fall <laughs> from those hundreds of thousands of emails that were out there. Uh, I think there's more heads to fall. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I guess the, uh, the other news that took me by shock today was, um, Adrian Peterson arrested for domestic violence allegations. Uh, there's, it seems to be a lot of players still getting arrested. A lot of talk about the NFL always having these problems. Uh, it's just too bad that it, uh, you know, light has to be shed like this again, uh, you know, showing these guys have a lot of issues, uh off the field and uh, we just can't go very long without hearing about another player being arrested.
1: Yeah, no, we, we can't, it's a shame, but also too, I think it goes to problems with these players once they stop playing that uh, there's, I think, I believe there's some serious head issues going on with these guys. I think, These guys would normally never do these things that they're doing, but they have suffered severe injuries up top here, which has changed their personality. It it has suddenly changed the way that they think, the way that they perceive things, do things. And I I think that's a pervasive problem with the NFL. If you're going to hit a man, uh, as they say, it's the same as getting a car crash at 30 kilometers per hour or – decades yeah. or a decade or more well that that that's some serious injury that you're going to always have because it's consecutively happening year after year after year after year after year and then it was happening when you were in college and university and then it was also happening when you were in high school
0: yeah so. yeah you're right man and uh it's tough uh yeah uh, you know they have been trying to address that but um yeah i think you yeah, know we are seeing a lot of these guys um, having these off field issues. And I think, uh, yeah, you could probably attribute it a lot to the CTE and hopefully at some point they can diagnose CTE before a guy's uh, passed away and they have to open up his head and examine his brain. Uh, let's hope that there are some really smart people trying to figure out how to diagnose it before it's too late. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I hope that,
1: you know, we, we figure out a solution to the problem. Now, if that means that some guys will just have to end their career early so that they can avoid all of that in the future, then that's what they're going to have to do.
0: Yeah, uh, I've 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 tried to figure out what's the best way. Uh, I so have a lot of minds. I had a really good conversation with our friend, friend Scott Holborn, and he said maybe it's got to be first and 20 every time. Maybe it's got to be first and 25 every time. So there's less running plays there's more passing plays, there's less collisions that are happening in the middle of the line all the time. Uh, These running backs aren't getting hit 25-30 times a game. Maybe it's, uh, yeah, automatically first and 20 opens up a passing game. Uh, Obviously, the CFL with three down rule has made it a passing game, but um, it it never takes a lot of traction because to me there's way too many punts, uh, not enough flow to the game, but Um, Yeah, I think the, you know, the league's going to look quite different over the next five, six seasons. Uh, I think we're going to see, you know, not not the same football that we grew up with.
1: No, I don't. I, I believe you're correct, because I don't know if it can survive going this route anymore. Right. Because just it's just more attention, more media attention, more social media players coming out and talking about their problems more and more and more like so. The veil that's been on the NFL is being slowly lifted. And now we're seeing the bad with like that, that the good is always covered up. Now we're really seeing the bad.
0: Yeah. I hate to end it on the bad because it was, you know, such a phenomenal year. I I loved it. I was happy. I was an NFL fan. I have to sometimes, you know, defend it to people that don't like the sport, don't want to watch the sport because it's too violent. But, you know, this year I had such incredible examples why if you tuned in and you watched to this playoff run, you had to be entertained. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Like it doesn't get any like this is it's the pinnacle of what the NFL represents. It is. And we saw it this year in spades because it kept happening every playoff game, every single one. And it was
0: it was just incredible
1: theater to watch
0: on tv yeah my my girlfriend Lorraine today was like now what I'm, I'm missing the nfl season what are we going to do on sundays that was what we did on sunday now uh, we've got to wait uh, a lot of a lot, many 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 months uh, before it comes back um yeah uh, that was great uh it it took up our sunday but uh we couldn't have been happier uh, we had such an amazing great year watching NFL football. Uh, yeah. Anybody that missed it really missed out. Uh, this is a, this is a hell of a sport and super fun to watch.
1: Oh yeah. It, it is a hell of a sport. It is great. Great theater to watch. Um, just seeing the pinnacle athletes, uh, do their craft on the yeah. field. It's cool. just, it's, it's just fantastic to see. It really is.
0: It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Well, what a what a great season. Uh it's behind us. Uh yeah, we won't be talking much football uh you know in the po- podcast going forward, but uh we definitely will be talking a lot of UFC. And uh as we said off the top, we got together and watched UFC 271 from Houston. Uh great card as always. We got to see the middleweight championship a fight that we've been looking forward to watching for a few years. A second battle between Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, And we all thought Robert Whitaker would employ a completely different style to try to dethrone the champion. Um, but he didn't do enough of it to win. Uh, Two judges had it uh, on Israel Adesanya winning 48-47. So they said that uh, Whitaker won, uh, won a couple rounds, but he just didn't get those takedowns and do enough with them to win this fight. Uh, Adesanya is still the champion and, um, yeah, looking uh, probably just as good as he always has. But, uh, yeah, what did you think of um, how this fight ended up turning out? What I thought was this. Um, we
1: knew that Whitaker going into this second time had to change the narrative of the fight somehow, some way. I thought his best chance of doing that was to have a grappling heavy attack against Adesanya because I felt still, even with whatever wrinkles Whitaker would have added to his stand-up game, that Adesanya definitely still had the advantage on the feet, which he most certainly did. The only problem was, yeah, he chased after those grappling and those takedowns and everything else, but he couldn't hold the man down. He couldn't appreciably do anything with the with the positions once he got him down there. Adesanya would not accept the position and battled to his feet every single time. Yeah. And for for what it's worth, for me, that was the difference in the fight. That was it right there was yeah. the fact that Whitaker was unable to hold him down and do damage or do attacks, and Adesanya was able to pop right back up, get it back to where he wanted the fight to be. On the feet, use his distance, use his, uh, do his superior striking against Whitaker, and that's how he won the fight.
0: Yeah, of Sonya's striking is just on another level. Uh, he call, uh, his nickname is the last style bender, and you just have to you know, appreciate a style that's super hard to hit and it's so quick. He can come in and out, he has great angles. Uh, his, his striking is just on a different level. The only guy that's ever beat out of Sonia was Jan Blachowicz. Take, took him down, kept him down, grinded out of a, a big five uh, round decision. win. Uh, Whitaker just didn't have that size and didn't have that ability to keep him down. I wished he would have tried for more takedowns. He would have held him up against the cage and made it a clinch war. Uh, he tried to do some, you know, stand up with him, And it was just ridiculous The difference in skill level there—it was pathetic, you know—in a a lot of ways because this is probably the second best middleweight on the planet, and the difference in striking is just, uh, you know, night and day. But Whitaker, yeah, he didn't employ the style that I think, you know, all of us knew that he needed to employ. I don't know why his game plan wasn't not stand up at all just clinch, grab, clinch, grab, try to take down, try to take down, try to take down. Uh, you know, that that was that would have been his only way to win this fight and he's got to be uh kicking himself today, the rest of this week, the rest of his life possibly because he might not ever get another shot at it. Uh he was yeah, unable to get those takedowns, hold him down and and get the victory, the only way he really could have.
1: Yeah, yeah, or like we were saying He should have been clinching him constantly throughout the entire fight, closing distance and uh, making it a dirty, dirty fight. But I would say to Adesanya's credit, his movement, his footwork, superior. He was able to always keep his distance and fire his shots when he wanted to. When he wanted to, he was still able to dictate the course, the pace of that fight.
0: Yeah, Uh, Dana White was asked after the fight if he's putting together a UFC Africa, and he said, no, not currently, mostly because of COVID concerns. And he said, my first priority right now is just actually getting out of the country. England is number one. He's like, hopefully I can pull that off. But um, he said, in my tenure as the boss of the UFC, I want to have a UFC Africa card. That has to be in my legacy. I need to have that, and uh, I'm hoping that you know once this pandemic is m- much behind us, uh, they can pull this off. Uh, there have been three title defenses by three African champions in the past three UFCs. 268, Kamara Usman won his title defense. 270, Francis Ngannou, and now Israel Adesanya, USC 271. Um, this is going to be massive, massive, massive if they can get it to Africa. Uh, imagine having these three guys on the card. Uh, this would be the biggest UFC in the history of the planet.
1: Yeah, it would be. It would be. It would be utterly massive. It would be. It would be a game changer. It really would be. Um, it's something that the UFC should strive to do. I understand what data say. Obviously, with the COVID concerns and stuff. But once this is a thing of the past. And if those three guys are still the champion, especially when it comes to Nganu, you don't know what his future is really going to look like going forward. But if you still have all three of those guys as your champions, how could you not make this happen? How could you not go into Africa and make this into a big deal, into a big event, into a big thing? You, no. you have to do it. You would have to do that. No. Absolutely have to do it.
0: Uh, the other elephant in the room was uh, no Joe Rogan on the broadcast. Uh, Michael Bisping stepped in uh, to take his place on the panel. Uh, Daniel Cormier took the uh, in uh, in the cage interviews post-fight. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised and shocked because Joe Rogan's always there for the pay-per-views. Uh, but uh, a lot of things there are, are Happening with Joe Rogan, a lot of uh, people just dis- uh, not happy with him right now. And I think he decided to not be there. Not anybody else but himself. Uh, but is that your opinion too? Well,
1: I, I guess it's not just my opinion. It looks like it's Dana White's opinion as well because he made a comment, which I was a little bit surprised at because I thought they were, you know, friends and stuff, but uh, he called it bull crap that he wasn't there. And so when the boss makes a comment like that, you have to wonder, okay, what's, so I guess it wasn't a scheduling conflict, which Dana completely did not back, completely does not back that. So yeah, I guess, I guess Joe Rogan was feeling the heat. He didn't want to really address uh, what he's been going through, what he's had to deal with, because as soon as he comes onto that broadcast, yeah, those are things he might have to talk about. And maybe he just was not prepared to talk about said things as of yet. But it doesn't matter. Whenever he does come back, it's going to be there. It's still yeah. going to be something he's going to have to address.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, pretty surprising. Uh, yeah, uh, funny that the boss uh, did say no, there was no scheduling contract conflict. Uh, he just didn't show up for his job, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's supposed to be here, and he's not here. So I don't know what the heck that is, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see uh, what shakes down in the next little while with that uh, big story in the news every day. But um, yeah, well, I guess um, you know the show must go on, and uh, there's. Uh, been a lot of guys replaced, and uh, yeah, he was replaced that night. Um, let's talk about the uh elbow heard round the world taking out the black beast. Uh, the guy who had the most knockouts in UFC history uh, ended up face down on the canvas from a uh, young up and comer tied to was able to uh, use this little short elbow to. Uh, take out the beast and uh, shock the world. Uh, That was a a, a pretty uh, surprising result for most people. Yeah, it was. It was super surprising.
1: Well, how about this? The whole fight was kind of surprising to me. Lewis actually did takedowns. Number (laughs) one. And I was just like, "Wow, what's this? Is he taking a man down? That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, okay. So he can do that now. That's pretty cool. And then in the second round, if I remember correctly, Lewis had actually hurt Tuavasa and was coming after him. Oh, yeah. And then as he was coming after him, Tuavasa managed to hurt him back, clinched up, and then he hit that elbow that came from the deepest, darkest pits of hell <laughs> and felled him like a tree. Yeah. He was, I, I'm just going to say this, I think he was sleeping before he even hit the mat.
0: Yeah. He was unconscious. already yeah yeah it was amazing yeah and two of us is a fun guy uh people love him uh he does his shoeys he even got dana white to do a shoey i heard after uh he's he's a very popular guy people love him and and uh yeah he's moving up the ranks now uh he's knocked out a lot of really tough heavyweights and uh yeah he's no joke Uh, a lot of people didn't really give him a lot of chance to win this and a lot of respect to move up as high as he has, but um, yeah, good on him. Very good on yeah, him. Yeah. He's, he's
1: a legitimate contender and a
0: threat in the division
1: right now. And also too, I wanted to mention. So Dana White said he would never do a shoe to a That's literally his biggest winner of his UFC career. Yeah. He managed to get the boss to do a shoe. But it wasn't from a real shoe. No. He got him to do it through his endorsed product of the Shoei Vasa, which is equivalent of a short beer bog in the shape of a shoe. Oh, okay. And the boss did it, and it was awesome to see.
0: Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Fun. I didn't see any footage of it, but good. Look, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Might as well endorse the product while, while you're doing it. Hey, might as nope, well exactly, man. No, okay. that's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was I, I I, saw the Twitter feed. It was it was pretty cool because data was like, ah, I don't know. It's like, come on. You got to do it. He did it. He did it.
0: So two of us. that was 50 K. Richard got one of the uh, fight bonuses for that. Uh, another guy that also got 50 K was uh, Jared Cannonier with his big knockout of Derek Brunson. Uh, Derek Brunson uh, had a dominating first round, was able to take Cannoneer down and uh, really grind out a great first round uh, decision. And uh, But then Cannoneer came back and uh, threw some of his lethal shots, was able to take Brunson out um, and get 50K for it. And he's been told that he's next in line for Adesanya's belt now. Uh, Dana White said, yeah, he, uh, you know, I can't dispute it. I don't want to, you know, fight with this man. Uh, He's in, he's the next guy up. So uh, pretty incredible for him to, you know, change his life, get a huge victory and uh, yeah, gets, gets the next title shot. Yes, he does. Um,
1: I just wanted to mention this. Brunson was pretty close to finishing that fight in the first round. With the rear naked choke attempt. If he had more time. Maybe that's Brunson's shot. Yep. However. He did run out of time. And Cannoneer. Those elbows are no joke. No. Especially those ground to pound. Where he finished him off. I was like. Man you better get in there to save Brunson's life. Or you're going to die in there. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. He's a powerful guy man. Holy cow. he just yeah, His shots are lethal. And. And when Brunson was on his back taking those elbows, yeah, they needed to get in there quick or else we were going to see him taking off on a stretcher for sure. Oh, yeah, man. It was it was lethal, brutal, vicious. Yeah.
1: Great win by Canyonier, who's now 5-1 since moving down to the middleweight division. And, yes, I love the, his call out to Dana White because he wasn't kind of asking Dana. He was kind of demanding it. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, so Adesanya has his next opponent. We'll uh, get you a date soon, hopefully, and uh, let you know that uh, that should be a hell of a fight. Um, okay, what do you want to mention uh, The anything with the Moicano-Alexander-The-Great-Hernandez uh, fight, uh, Moicano taking the victory in the second round by submission?
1: Yeah, um, this is what I'll say about that fight. He outclassed Hernandez in the boxing realm completely, Um, hurt Hernandez numerous times, dazed him, and then in that uh, second round uh, managed to to get him to the mat, got the rear naked choke, got the win. Um, Hernandez really didn't threaten Moicano throughout the entirety of this fight at all. It was Moicano's fight from beginning to the end.
0: I was a bit surprised. I thought it was definitely going to be a lot closer, but um, yeah, Moicano was the, by far the better fighter on, on that evening, and uh, yeah, took took a huge win. It was it was a great great victory by him. Uh, Bobby Green just love this guy. Love his style. Love the way he fights. Uh, man, he really put a beating on Hasparas and uh, got the decision victory. Uh, yeah, one of the most entertaining fighters in the UFC, and he did not disappoint in this one.
1: No, he did not disappoint whatsoever. Um, basically, jabbed and crossed him to death. No. Like he it just and was incredibly hard for Hackbaras to even find for him to return fire and hit him. Um, and if he did hit him, did those shoulder rolls rolled with the punches, didn't have the sting on him that they normally would have. Green was dominant in this win. Very, very dominant
0: win by Greece. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of few fighters that can you know easily win with his hands down to his sides. Never you know has his hands up protecting himself. Uh, you're right. He, he's able to just roll with punches that they don't um, have the same effect because they're not landing flush. Uh, you know, just you gotta you know, appreciate his style, and and uh, you know he he had a stretch there where he wasn't winning a lot, but lately it's been great and uh, super fun to watch. I, I'm always happy that he's on a card, and I can't wait for his fight. So that was the kickoff of the main card. Uh, the featured fight on the prelims was uh, the old veteran Andre the Pitbull Orlovsky uh, getting another victory. Uh, setting records. Uh, you always see, you know, he's up in the upper echelon of the most appearances, most knockouts, most wins. Um, he was able to take out a younger guy and Jared vander J- Jared Vanderah, and get another decision win. And uh, yeah, just still, still relevant at 43 years old. Uh, it's amazing to see him still there and, and getting victories.
1: Yeah, because He's got that thing like longevity, which is just the most ridiculous thing. You have to remember that this man won the belt in 2005. Mm-hmm. It's 2022 and he's on a three fight win streak. Man. That's
0: ridiculous. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. There's not enough to say about a guy that's been able to do it this long and uh yeah. And still, still winning, still being the top heavyweight in the world. Uh, yeah. It's su- super impressive. And, Another guy that yeah, I love I love seeing because we get to you know, reminisce about you know so many years back into the USC history books and uh, yeah, good on him. Uh, still still got it. American top team, uh, you know they must be happy to have this veteran there. Uh, I'm sure he helps uh, so many of their heavyweights too as well. Uh, okay, we saw a, we, we saw a retirement in the women's flyweight fight between Casey O'Neill and Roxanne Maferry uh, O'Neill. Uh, O'Neill, a young up-and-coming Australian. Uh, Roxanne, a old, old veteran that uh, has been in the USC forever. Um, Roxanne decided uh, that this was her final fight. Uh, I could not believe the applause, the amount of praise that everybody was giving her as she um, decided to call it a career. And Casey O'Neill, uh, not a fan favorite. A lot of booze there. A lot of people not happy with her. And she said, I'll be the villain. I don't mind. Uh, I'm taking the belt. I'm gonna win it. Uh, you can all, you know, basically f off. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the victory. I'm gonna take the victory, and I, you know, I, I'm retiring this girl. And uh, look out, the rest of the division. Uh, yeah, they're all put on notice, according to O'Neill. So,
1: no, and and on top of everything else, she remains undefeated. She remains undefeated. Uh, but we see um, a, a lady in w- Madafri call it an end to her career. Um, very professional career ends it with 25 and 20 record and uh, best wishes to her for the future of whatever she decides to do going forward. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, do you want to mention um, anything else on the prelim card? Uh, I want to mention uh, something on the early prelim card, but do you want to, Talk about Kyler Phillips or Olberg, Chirant, anything there? I just want to mention that Kyler Phillips um, just
1: reminded everybody just how good he is. Mm. And he is that good. Dominated Rougeau in every aspect of MMA that a man could dominate another in. And then when he finally slapped on the arm bar triangle choke, well, he had two choices of how he wanted to finish that fight. He could either arm bar him or he could choke him out. He had the choice. So he did both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, man, he looked great. And yeah, that was uh, a clinic. That was definitely a clinic. Uh, okay, the fight of the night was the fight between Douglas Silva de Andraj against Sergey Morozov. Morozov uh, had an amazing first round, uh, almost took out de Andraj. And uh, I-, I thought, uh oh, DeAndre is not going to be able to pull this out. And then he came out in that second round and uh, put it on him, uh, ended up getting the submission win. And uh, that was, this was a heck of a fight. I'm glad uh, Dana White agreed with me and gave both guys 50K. Uh, this was an amazing performance on the early prelims. And a lot of people probably didn't see this fight, but uh, if you really want to see a good fight to find it online, it's, uh, it's uh, worth it for sure.
1: I did watch this fight, and it was exceptional. Andrade showed a tremendous amount of heart because he took a beating. He took a real beating in the first round. Wow! I couldn't believe that he survived. To yeah. be honest with you. Maybe. And then when he went back to his corner, that gash over his eye was big.
0: It wow! Was, was it ever far. wide? Yeah, it was so wide. I didn't. Uh, I thought the blood was just going to be gushing out of there all night.
1: Yeah, and, and to uh, to their credit, to uh, Cutman managed to stop the blood somewhat, yep. and they allowed the, the fight to continue, and, and, all right? Yep. Giving Andrade the chance, the opportunity to come back with a vengeance yeah. and come after Morozov, changed the whole dynamic of the fight by landing lefts, left-hand bombs, rocked him, hurt him, and then once he got his back, it was all over.
0: Great win by Andrade. Great win. Really great win. Yeah, phenomenal. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a heck of a fight. And I'm glad I uh, tuned in early to watch those early prelims because uh, they weren't uh, they weren't televised uh, on anything we had locally. Uh, but yeah, I was able to find a stream and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I do want to mention the uh, miss by William Knight on his scale. Uh, this was supposed to be a light heavyweight fight between William Knight and Maxim Grishin, And, uh, he missed weight by 12 pounds, 12 pounds. Um, he was docked 40% of his purse, but, um, I, I don't know, man, uh, when you're missing it by 12 pounds, I don't think you can fight at light heavyweight anymore. Uh, you're a heavyweight now guy. And, uh, I don't know the, the punishment's has to be some time more severe. Like you obviously didn't even try and uh, you know, good on Grisham for accepting the fight and winning the fight. Uh, Cause usually a guy's going to have a big advantage. If he comes in that heavy and didn't have to put his body through the pain of, of trying to cut weight. Uh, it, it was ridiculous. All right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have a, just this
1: slight different take on this. Yeah. All right. Because I'm going to put obviously the responsibilities on the fighter to make the weight. That's number one.
0: Sure.
1: But number two, UFC's gotta be have a little bit of responsibility as well. He took that fight on short notice. I believe he had two weeks or less than two weeks to learn to lose 37 pounds. Yeah. That's getting a little dangerous to lose that much no, weight in that short good. amount of time.
0: Yeah. Not
1: now, it's not it. good. Now you actually take responsibility by saying, "Yes, I can still do that." But the UFC also has to be realistic in saying,
0: "Is it realistic for a fighter to lose 40 pounds in two weeks?" Yeah. Yeah. Well, really? uh, yeah. That's that's a hell of a good point, and I think the UFC going forwards, if they call a guy for um, to for to come in as a late replacement, they should make him step on a scale and and send them exactly the weight uh, you know that he's at and, and see if that's a realistic figure, because yeah, if he, you know, maybe he puts himself in the hospital, if he uh, you know, gets down to that weight Um, you know, they should have, they should have realized, no, he's uncapable. We've got to get somebody else in because you know, it's a guy shouldn't be cutting the weight to the possibility of going to the hospital, but he also shouldn't be coming in and, and having that unfair advantage over a guy uh, 12 pounds is a lot of weight that uh, he has an unfair advantage. Uh, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like uh, any to see anything like this. It shouldn't be. This is the number one combat organization in the world. And we shouldn't see stuff like this coming out of here.
1: Absolutely. We should not see that. It was egregious. The weight miss as well. But like I said, there has to be responsibility taken from both sides. Going forward, maybe the UFC's policy is: you get on the scale right now and you tell me how much you weigh, yeah. or you tell you get a manager to tell me, or I send my, a UFC representative to get, a, get him
0: on the scale, see how much the guy weighs, and then see if it's actually doable or not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's the way to do it. Yeah, they got to show what they weigh at that current time, and if you know if if it's un, it's not doable, then you know move on. You got. You got a lot of guys on, on the roster. You should be able to bring a guy in that's going to make the way. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Um, any Anything else that you want to mention off this card? Uh, anything else come to mind? Uh, uh,
1: okay, I'll, I'll just m- mention really quick uh, the Olberg versus Chirante fight. I like the fact that Olberg really used his distance management in that fight uh it is i just love the way he incorporated his kicks in that fight by keeping ferrante at distance I, I i was very impressed with his uh skill in in that fight and uh it was a great win by olberg that's the last thing i want to mention
0: that's it okay. okay awesome all right well uh we're Uh, A little less than a week away from the USC fight night. Uh, This was supposed to be the Sanyos Fiziev main event. Uh, They had some uh, visa issues for Fiziev. So he's been pushed a week. Uh, The main event now is uh, Johnny Walker, Jamal Hill. Um, We will see uh, two light heavyweights go out and bang. Uh, Enjoy watching both of these guys. Uh, what do you think we see c- come out in this fight?
1: With the Johnny Walker, Jamil hell fights, um, I'm hoping to see some fireworks. I'm hoping these guys come out with a lot of vinegar. You know, like I, I want to see a great, entertaining fight from these two fighters. And I, and I believe we're going to see that from both of them. I believe we're going to see that from both of them. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that <clears throat> we couldn't see the original fight. Dosanos and Fiziev, we'll see that later down the line because I am super interested to see how that plays out. That particular fight,
0: yeah. This card's been uh beset by um cancellations. Uh, we've oh, got yeah. uh, there's Mohamed Morkev, uh, and Cody Durden got cancelled, Corey McKenna, Elise Reeve got cancelled, Illy Il- Il- Latifi against uh, Alexander Romanov, uh, Fiziev, as I mentioned. All those fights have fallen off. Um, yeah, it's uh, tough. Uh, this is To me, this isn't a main event fight, this Walker Hill, but uh, let's see what they can do. Uh, I do like the Marquez-Docas fight. Uh, I like both the Dawkins boys, and um, yeah, I think they could come in and uh, put on a really good show in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight. I think that's actually a very good uh, co-main event fight because uh, the darkest boys have been on the rise, both of them. And uh, I, I expect to see a good belt between the, those two
0: fighters. Uh, we get to see the veteran Jim Miller, another guy that's uh, up in the upper echelon, uh, always know, uh, most fights, most wins, most submissions, most this, most that. Uh, also, the, the fight that kicks off the main card uh, should be a really amazing banger between Joaquin Buckley and Abdul Razak Hassan. Um, those two guys are very entertaining. I've loved watching them fight in the past couple of years here. Uh, man, uh, that, that fight probably will be fight of the night, I think. That fight should be fight of the night, and I have a
1: strong feeling that somebody's going to get KO'd
0: in that fight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh... Almost a guarantee. Yeah, I would say, yeah, those both those guys knock people out. They're both super tough. Uh, I loved uh, seeing the um, pre-fight press conference with Dustin Poirier. If you haven't seen it, uh, dial it up. Uh, he said a lot of interesting things there. Uh, he said he's not interested in fighting Conor McGregor ever again. Doesn't want to fight Colby Covington. Uh, pay, basically really very interested in Nate Diaz fight. And he thinks uh, that's, his uh, next opponent, if Nate can uh, uh, get some arrangements done with the USC, there's always um, a hard time uh, coming to terms with him. But, uh, yeah, look it up. Uh, great press conference. He said a lot of very interesting things there. Yeah, yeah, he did. I think he said with the Kobe Covington fight,
1: if I – correct me if I'm wrong, but something about jail, him definitely going to jail if he fights Kobe Covington. Yeah. So, I'm like –
0: yeah, he said oh, no, he Kobe, okay. so Kobe he does plans not, to des- not
1: stop punching him. Got Kobe it. does not Got
0: deserve <laughs> uh, to make money off of me. And uh, yeah, we'd be uh, either me going to jail or both of us going to jail. Uh, yeah, he He's not a fan and uh, yeah, the, the former teammates. But uh, yeah, no love lost between these guys.
1: No, absolutely no love lost between those two. And I understand why Poirier is going with the route that he's taking, because now he's looking at it going, I I just do money fights. And that's what he should be doing. That's what his concentration should be on. He had his shots, the title. Unfortunately, they didn't pan out. But now he's looking for those fights that will solidify, you know, not just himself, but his family's future. Good for him. Yeah.
0: Uh there was quite a twitter battle social media shots were fired between Conor McGregor and Tyson Fury over the weekend. Uh did you see any of these this tirade that went back and forth?
1: Okay. So so what so what did Conor say? I'll, I'll I'll fight you. I'll fight I'll fight Tyson Fury. <laughs> uh,
0: Tyson Fury had um praised uh Khabib and uh Conor got in and and, and called him every name in the book he could think of. He called them the, the biggest one that I remember was uh, the Versace twat, he called him. Oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of just ranting and ranting back and forth. Uh, Connor, yeah, he, Connor likes picking fights, but Tyson Fury isn't a guy you really want to pick a fight with.
1: Oh, he's like so much bigger than Connor McGrath, like so much bigger than him. And by the way, a guy can fight like if he hits Conor McGregor, that that's it. Yeah, and it's game over. It's game yeah. over.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it would be definitely game over. I'm hoping the next uh, person that Tyson Fury fights uh, from MMA world is is Francis Ngannou, and I uh, yes. hope they can put that fight together. And uh, yeah, Conor will you know keep fighting via social media, but he'd never be able to fight these guys. In the cage, actually, or in the ring. No, no. His best bet is to keep fighting him in social media.
1: Keep using that superior Irish wit of his and just keep it there. Yeah. Keep it where it is.
0: Um, Okay, why don't we just uh, do a transition right into the NBA? Uh, We just had the NBA trade deadline on Thursday, and uh, there was some really big moves. Uh, Obviously, the biggest move was... The James Harden for Ben Simmons. Uh, James Harden and Paul Millsap go to the 76ers and the Nets end up getting Simmons. Andre Drummond and Seth Curry some picks back and forth. But uh, this is a great move for both teams. Um, James Harden, uh, you know, gets to finally uh, be somewhere that he wants to be maybe. And uh, this, I think, really puts the 76ers as a team to look out for. They've got the Probable MVP uh, with Joel Embiid. And now they've got this guy, uh, James Harden. Doesn't seem to know how to get along with his teammates, but um, do you think it's going to work here in Philly? This is what I think. I think it will
1: work as long as James Harden puts in the work to make it work. That's how that's going to work. He doesn't put in the work or all of a sudden he – doesn't feel the vibe or he becomes, I don't know, disinterested in playing for the team. Well, Joel Embiid will give it to him. That guy's not afraid to talk his mind. And also too, it's his team. And he's playing at an MVP level right now. Yeah. So he has the wherewithal to talk to James and say, listen, either you want to be here or you don't want to be here. I, I, I like I, the, I only have a certain window of time to win championships. I'm going to need you to do that. But if you don't want to be here to do that, maybe you should shove on and find something else to do. You know, find another team to play on.
0: I saw James Harden, uh, you know, sort of buy into the system when Kyrie came back and they were playing together. I saw Harden, you know, wanting to be, um, you know, whatever it took, whatever it took. And then, with Kyrie's situation, with only playing or you know not playing at all for a while, there uh, all of a sudden James Harden' uh, interest just faded off. Uh, we saw him flame out in Houston, obviously. Um, what do you think in the end, James Harden' legacy is going to be? Uh, you know he's he's become disinterested in a few teams and and just quit on them. Uh, that's not something that will go down. For a guy's legacy in very good standard. No. And if he does it again in Philly, then his legacy
1: will certainly be tarnished. So I don't think he has... I don't think that's a, a route he should be taking anymore. I think now that he's in Philly, he's with the GM that he respects, with Daryl Morey. He comes in there and he gets to work. He gets to work... And and he starts playing some serious basketball because if he, if he doesn't do that, if he feels that he can like coast, get away with become disinterested or whatever, have you uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers? Well, first off, number one, that fan base will destroy him completely. Mm -hmm. will completely destroy him. And number two, um, he'll tarnish his legacy going forward. He, he absolutely will do that. So, he needs to show the people, the fans, Joel Embiid, his teammates, that he's there to play some serious basketball, and he's there to win. Uh,
0: so what about on the Brooklyn side? Um, do you think this uh, w- will be a good move for them? Do you think this was, um, you know, necessary? And uh, you know, do you think Simmons will be able to come in and and make a difference with this team? Yes, I believe
1: he can. Um, so right now, you can just say off the top, their defense is just that much better with Ben Simmons on the floor. Their rebounding is just that much better with Ben Simmons on the floor. Uh, Their transition offense will be that much better with Ben Simmons on the floor. And now Ben Simmons doesn't have to worry about scoring because Kyrie Irving and KD will take care of that. Yeah. All he has to do is be great at all the things that he's great at and not – if you don't want to score, that's great. Because KD's like, well, then I'll just take all your shots. I'm good with that. <laughs> and Kyrie's like, oh, I'm definitely good with that. I will take all of your shots.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good point. Um, Brooklyn was able to snap their 11-game losing streak tonight. They beat the Sacramento Kings 109-85. Uh, Seth Curry had 23 points to lead the way. Uh, Andre Drummond had 11 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, who else uh, contributed? Bruce Brown had 19. LaMarcus Aldridge had 19, eight rebounds. Uh, snapping 11, 11 game losing streak. Uh, pretty nutty. Uh, I'm shocked at how low Brooklyn had sunk. They needed to make a deal. And uh, hopefully this shook them up enough. Um, really, I only cheer for Brooklyn in any way because Steve Nash is there. I don't want to see him come in, you know, be the favorite to win it all and uh, flame out like this uh, over egos and and issues that they have. Uh, it's it was sad to see a team uh, go through this, but uh, maybe uh, these additions will uh, change the narrative and and allow them to you know be relevant again.
1: Yeah, but here's the problem: not only does he now have to deal with Kyrie. He's got to not deal with Ben Simmons too. If there's any head coach that can do it, it's Steve Nash. Nice. I wish him the best of luck, but this is not this might not be an
0: easy ride for him going
1: forward. Yeah. Let's be honest. It might not be that easy.
0: Um okay, uh the Kings made a big deal as well uh this uh off season, I mean this trade deadline and uh you didn't you didn't love the move, did you?
1: yeah i didn't because you had this guy in tyrese halliburton who is literally one of the best point guard floor generals of his generation and if you look at the advanced metrics of what he was able to do with his three-point shooting catch and shoot off the dribble it's all above 40 percent You don't usually just give a guy away like that that can shoot that well at his age, 21. You know, like if you look at his numbers, there's only like one guy that's ever done what he's doing, and that's him. That's the one guy, right? And and then also too, you look at his assist to turnover ratio in the league, he's third. Third. Yeah. And you gave him away. Maybe I would have given away any of the other
0: numerous point guards, but not that guy. Not that guy. Yeah, that I was, was a, that was a shocking move. Uh, and guess what he did in his first game in Indiana? Twenty-two points, sixteen assists. He had in his first game in Indiana. He doesn't even know his teammates yet, and he's able to come in and get sixteen assists, ten in the first half.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's no good. Yeah. There's a reason why Sacramento sucks. <laughs> There's a reason. Because wow. they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So you know what, Sacramento? This is what I'm going to say to those fans out there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you got to go through this. I'm sorry that you have a GM that thinks he knows what he's doing. He clearly does not. And you give away a point guard that now going forward in the future will be like four years from now you guys would be like this so why do we trade that guy <laughs> that guy is like an all-star now like a no. perennial all-star yeah that, that was a bad move. bad yeah. move.
0: they the kings got a massive steal of Halbert when they picked him 12th overall in 2020 uh that was you know all, everybody was like wow i can't believe he fell that far and uh, you know, you really thought him and De'Aaron Fox and, you know, a lot of these young guys would do well. I know they soured on Marvin Bagley and wanted to move on from him, but um, yeah, I'm stunned that they, they walked away from him this quick. Uh, Sabonis is a good player for sure, but they already had, I think, um, you know, enough size inside. Um, they got Trey Lyle, Sabonis. Uh, they got DiVincenzo, which I think was a big pickup in holidays. Not bad, J- Jackson and Trey Lamb. Okay, but... Uh, yeah, losing Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Uh man, just a uh, no, big mistake. And I think for years to come, uh, that fan base is going to be really <laughs> upset about that move.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not going to appreciate that move once they see Halliburton. And I'm just going to say this, flourish, because yeah. he is. He's probably just going to get better. And they'll be like, yeah,
0: yeah, that was a dumb move.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. smart. That's
0: smart. Uh, another big move was CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. Uh, CJ, Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell for Nick Keel, Alexander Walker, Canadian. Uh, Josh Hart, uh, Um Kind of a salary dump. I think we mentioned it. I think it happened right before the trade deadline. Uh, the Raptors had won eight in a row. They, they lost on, on the weekend. Heartbreaking loss. Lost a game tonight to the Pelicans. Uh, CJ had another really fantastic game. Um, Pelicans, uh, you know, if they can pull their whole team, and get healthy, uh, they, you know, they're they're a force to be reckoned with. They got they got a lot of talent there now. Yeah, no, they they do.
1: They do have some talent. Uh, they they have pieces yeah. that could potentially work, but <laughs> it's all predicated on uh, Zion coming back to the team at some point, maybe not this year because it doesn't look like that might be a thing anymore, but um, we'll actually know the capacity of this team. Once Zion comes back to it and they're able to play as a full unit.
0: Uh, Boston Celtics uh, hottest team in the NBA right now, eight games in a row. They've won nine of their last 10. Uh, What's, Turned them around has been um, them suddenly passing the ball a lot. A lot of people said uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum couldn't work together. They were too much me uh, first ball handlers trying to score uh, on their own. Uh, They started passing the ball starting uh, earlier uh, or late fall coming into this uh, streak here. Uh, they're making 323 passes per game. That's the second most in the NBA during this eight-game win streak. Uh, really different ball than they were playing early in the season, and uh, it's really producing incredible results right now. Well,
1: yeah, they're they're able to actually you know move the ball, share the ball. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed that uh, they definitely improved upon was their team defense. Uh, they're they're communicating better for their defense, uh, switching better. Um, their defense has definitely improved their chances of winning games, and that's why they're winning games now. And I also want to add that Tatum has raised his level of play. Yeah, he's raised his level of play, and it's allowed them to go on this hot streak. And uh, we'll see we'll see just how far the Celtics can go going forward, because. The Eastern Conference is an absolute dogfight now. Yeah. You got there, – there's not a lot of separation between seven and number one. Not a lot of separation at all. So,
0: Yeah, the Raptors are playing great. Uh, eight and two of their last ten. Celtics nine and one, eight-game running streak. Sixers got better probably. Uh, obviously added without really subtracting. Uh, you know, Simmons wasn't playing uh, Cavaliers are, are playing really great. And, uh, Jared Allen is going to make the all-star game, uh, because James Harden is hurt. will not make an appearance. Uh, that'll be great for him because it's in Cleveland, uh, this weekend, a lot of festivities starting Friday. Um, that'll be fun to have it in Cleveland and, and great for him that he gets to play in front of his home crowd.
1: Yeah, that'll be fantastic for him. Great opportunity for him to <coughs> go to his first all-star game. Um, And uh, it's it's just great to see some first-timers in the All-Star game, like uh, Fred Van Fleet. And uh, it's it's just encouraging to see some new blood in the All-Star game and see some of these new guys come into their own.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's switch to the West a little bit. Uh, The two top teams are still way up there. Uh, Suns are putting a little bit of a distance between them and the Warriors, uh, four and a half games ahead. Uh, Suns are still yeah, an incredible class of the of the league, 9-1 in the last 10, five wins in a row. Uh, Warriors are playing currently against the Clippers, down by four early in the third quarter. We'll we'll see that come together. Uh, I loved uh, watching some highlights from the uh, um, Warriors-Lakers game on Saturday. Uh, Warriors were able to pull out a 2-point win, 117-115 over the Lakers. And, um, yeah, supposedly, uh, Draymond Green's coming back quite soon. Uh, he's missed 19 games with a bad back, and also James Wiseman is close to returning, and that will really bolster that interior for the Warriors. Yeah, and what, what, what's been so
1: impressive about the Warriors is their resiliency, is the fact that, yeah, our our, our defensive. Captain Stalwart, the guy that calls out the defensive assignments, not there. Yeah. Still finding a way to win. Yeah. And as Clay and Steph, Steph was in a shooting slump, playing his way out of it, plays trying to get back to the form that he once was at, and they're still finding ways to win. The team is resilient, they're battle-tested, and they're going to be a problem once they hit the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Grizzlies have won five in a row, eight and two in their last ten, playing great basketball. Uh, Jazz uh, lost five in a row, now they've won five in a row, so uh, they're solidly in fourth place uh, in the East, in the Western Conference. Mavs are playing pretty good, Nuggets are playing pretty good, T Wolves as well, uh, and then we've got the two LA teams, Clippers and the Lakers. Um, uh, Lakers have lost three in a row; they're actually only one. Five out of the uh, they're, they're five and twelve out of their last 17 games uh really a kind of a dumpster fire and and uh you know they they are running a risk of of following, falling far below and maybe not even making this play in game they should they'll probably be there but uh man the Lakers uh, fans aren't used to seeing this team this bad right now
1: no they're not and LeBron can only do so much he's playing really well yeah. but the rest of the team isn't so and he he just he can't carry a team like he once used to because of his age yeah. Yeah. He just can't do that anymore yeah he himself can play very well but he can't do everything for the team like he once could when he was a younger man
0: so yeah i uh, i saw the top scores in the NBA this year and DeMar DeRozan's number one, Trey (coughs) Young, number two, uh, individual scoring. This is Giannis, number three, and and Jason Tatum, number four. Uh, Yeah, uh, these guys are all playing at elite levels. And uh, yeah, Boston, uh, yeah, as I said a little earlier, um, huge wins. Um, Getting Derek White and Daniel Tice back, uh, really big moves and bolstered. Uh, a team that uh, was kind of, you know, middle of the road, but I think they're going to join the upper echelon as the weeks go by.
1: Yeah, I I believe so too. I think those were great pickups by the Celtics with uh, getting Derek White and Daniel Tice back uh, into their organization. Um, I think Derek White is good. He's a great player, uh, willing to pass the ball, good spacer, good shooter. Um, Yeah. I I think the Celtics have found the players that they need to go forward and make a push in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I was really shocked at some of the teams that didn't make moves. Uh, The the New York Knicks, I thought were going to be definitely uh, making some moves to try to move up Uh, 12th place in the Eastern Conference. And uh, yeah, really a mess right there. Uh, after having such a resound, resounding year last year and, and doing so well getting, you know, into that upper tier of the Eastern Conference, um, were you surprised that they didn't pull off some kind of move? Oh, there you
1: are. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I Yeah, I, I thought they would have done something. I thought they would have done something to... Uh, further bolster their roster or change, change change, change, some of their players so that they would at least give themselves a chance to try to get into the playoffs. But I guess they decided against that. I don't know why they would have done that. Well. So they're probably looking at retooling for next year and making some major, major uh, off-season trades because – the way that the roster is constructed now going forward is not good enough. It's not even close to good enough uh, for Knicks fans or for the organization.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, NBA All-Star festivities should be fun. Uh, The game, usually not the greatest, but uh, all those other uh, skills competitions are are really fun to watch. Always great to see the dunk contest. Uh, We've got Fred Van Vliet in the three-point shootout. Uh, Those are fun to watch, and I usually make sure that I don't miss them.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to those two things, Um, three-point competition, dunk competition. I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of dunks the the players come up with this time around Um, because uh, it's all about creativity uh, nowadays, and it's always exciting. It's always exciting to see what they come up with.
0: Um, The NBA has just uh, said they are reinstating Tyreek Evans after banning him in 2019 from the league. Uh, he was dismissed and disqualified indefinitely in 2019 for testing positive for prohibited substance. I'm glad that uh, he's been able to clean himself up and getting another opportunity to come back. He's been out for coming up three years. He was um uh, he, he he was a uh, he won the rookie of the year was a really good player early on with the Kings uh, averaged twenty points a game six assists and five rebounds uh, he's also spent time with the Pelicans and the Grizzlies uh, hopefully he's straightened out his life and uh, he can continue and uh, yeah try to get back to doing what he loves yeah yeah and hopefully he's learned his
1: lesson yeah. it's a hard life lesson to learn because as e like, as hard as it was to get into the NBA, it's, it's, it can be just be taken away from you in a heartbeat in an instance when you make the wrong decisions. So I'm glad to hear that he has cleaned himself up and hopefully he can stay in the league for a long time, for as long yeah. as he can.
0: Let's hope, yeah. We've had a hell of a lot of uh, technical issues tonight. Uh, unfortunately, it's been glitching so much uh, Sorry to our viewers um, on YouTube and on the website. I really apologize for that. Hopefully we can, uh, yeah, figure out what the heck the problem is and and don't have this. Uh, It makes for a more challenging conversation between us two and I'm sure uh, for the viewers and listeners. But um, thanks for sticking in. As long as you have, I really appreciate it. Uh, We had a fantastic weekend of sports. Uh, We're a little bit sad the NFL's done. Um. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to find more things to do on Sundays. But uh, yeah, it was a, a great weekend, and uh, I'm glad we could break it down tonight, Jason. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I completely lose you? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, there you are. I almost looked like I completely <laughs> lost you. Yeah. Uh, no. He did. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, well, it's time to sign off, man. Uh thanks. Thanks for a great weekend. I'm glad you had fun uh uh watching the UFC and the Super Bowl and the NBA. And uh thanks for breaking it down. As always, man, it was a great uh, great Monday night. And um yeah, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh get a chance to catch up even more. All
1: right. Sounds good, man. Uh, always a pleasure
0: signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, buddy. Cheers. Take care. Have okay. a good night. Oh, man, man. Very frustrating. Ah, just love Zoom, hate Zoom. Can't believe all the technical glitches. Uh, you know, I guess at some point him and I should be just in the same studio and you can see us from different camera angles and And we'll figure it out that way. But um, anyway, uh, thanks so much to everybody that watches, listens. Appreciate your support as always. And uh, I want to thank our partners and sponsors for their support as well. Uh, Anchor FM, the easiest place to make a podcast. Phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Uh, Most of you wouldn't be able to listen to us uh, without their help. So thank you, Anchor. I want to thank Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, first in, in technology, performance, and value in the V350 stick is a must-have. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, they design West Coast pretty things to make your home look fantastic. Uh, give them a shot and you will not be disappointed. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products All of those can be found on our website and you can get discounted rates for everything. So thank you for your help. And uh, yeah, go, go support them as always. Love you guys lots. Uh, Thanks so much for sticking in. Um, Hope you had a as great a weekend. Happy Valentine's day to everybody. And um, yeah, uh, I guess we'll have to figure out what to do on these Sundays with no more NFL, but Uh, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to watch this Warriors game. They're down by 13. Not happy, but uh, they can catch up. So um, take care of yourself. Have a great week ahead. And uh, go to our websites. Uh, Lots of phenomenal things that we're putting up there all the time. And we've got a few big, super special guests coming up. So stay tuned. Love you lots. Take care of yourself. Have a great night. And bye for now.